now, fantastic fools, you shall feel the wrath of doom. Chase doom, why the heck are you so grouchy all the time? Yes! The finishing touch! Now, the world will tremble when they look upon Doctor Doom! Doctor Doom, wait! The mask is on- ah, Sweet Lord in heaven! Oh, wait. The mask is upside down. Hold still, Doctor ah. Okay, once more with feeling. Oh, you sons of- Let us not delay! Yes, the codpiece remains. What did you- did you say codpiece? Well, the card piece is upside down. What did you say? Sorry about your dick, dude. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start shit? Oh, fucking take all you are! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard contenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. You can find these idiots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know something? No, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> we now join Brian, Hugh, Adam, and Todd. We now join Brian, Hugh, Adam, and Todd. I'm too sober for this shit. They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. It's the first month of the year, and we're focusing our attention on beginnings, fresh starts, origins, first contacts, and the beginning of the end. Ignore her, she drinks. We are starting first with the beginning of the end in the Infinity Gauntlet. We then move to new beginnings with the vision. Letter 44 surrounds our first contact with aliens. The Omega Men bring back the beginning of the end. And we get a fresh star with with X-Men Mutant Genesis. They're used to curious sights which they attribute to alcoholic delusions. Hi and welcome to episode 38. Um, this week we are doing the Infinity Gauntlet as the beginning of our beginnings, uh, origins, uh, beginnings of the ends. And this one is very specifically a beginning of the end with the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, leading to the destruction of all realities and all sorts of various things. Uh, slightly different lineup than we have today. We are leaving out the Utah contingency today because uh, we don't need those uh, backwater hicks. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> they will rejoin us here in the future. But of course, we have to have a representative from the uh, Board is Hell podcast. So we have joining us as a very special guest this week. We have Andy Wilson. I am the replacement Adam McDonald this week. <laughs> I, will, I will try to be as good as Adam. I have to be very saucy. Uh, well, I, I will have to increase my sauciness then. I'm more thoughtful. <laughs> Less drunk, more more thinky. So, okay, that works. So to increase your sass, what kind of roll do you have to get for that? A roll? Oh my gosh, you guys aren't nerdy enough for that reference? No, no, no. I, w I just had to... I, I think... I think I probably, I, I don't have any items that increase my sass, so I'm going to need to get at least a 16 or above on a D20. <laughs> there, there it's going to be yes. really tough. But, Absolutely. You know, but it happens. 
Ignore her. She drinks. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what was that? I love that. Was that was a clip from American Horror Story. I deliberately downloaded for you, Q. That oh, was, uh, that's that was... amazing. I love that. I've actually never watched a single episode of American Horror Story. Okay, so that particular sequence is from uh, it's from the hotel season. That was Lady Gaga oh, saying man. that line. And oh, that's um, amazing. actually. There's another quote you need to hear, though, because so there is a, um, a, uh, a, I guess, I guess she's technically a transvestite. Um, uh, uh, Liz Taylor from the Yeah, season. Liz Taylor. Yeah. So, um, so Lady Gaga is about to get married, and uh, and so they say, does anyone have anything that they wish to, uh, you know, say or forever hold your peace? And Liz Taylor says this. Uh, yeah, because she's a bitch with no conscience, no mercy, no soul. So I downloaded those two quotes for you. Amazing. I was okay. So like when you're prefacing it with the fact that our character is getting married, I was hoping yeah. that it was going to be the real life Liz Taylor quote and just have um, Dennis O'Hare recite it, which is marriage. Oh no! I'm going to howl now. Oh, that's an actual quote. You can look that shit up on YouTube. That's Elizabeth one of my Taylor's all- amazing. Yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite things they'd always cut away to on the suit. Oh, and our and our own personal Elizabeth Taylor, the fancy, the diamond filled, we have Q. These have always brought me luck. Um, hi everybody, I'm Q. Um, I'm taking a theater break. It's great. Um, um, in in reality, I'm still doing the fucking laundry from White Christmas. But by the time this airs, I'll be done. Fantastico. Anyway. Yes. Uh, and uh, I'm Brian. I'm in Southern California. Um, I am currently fighting with our assistant editor, my new dog, Kel- uh, Kessel, um, who has decided <laughs> to, to tear at the tags of a pillow. Um, he has never been in my office before, so this is a big adventure for him and a big adventure for me to learn all the things that I've left on the floor that I shouldn't have for a young puppy. Uh, but I'm also, uh, I'm sometimes on a few things, some stuff I can talk about, uh, most of it I can't just yet. Um, but one of the big ones coming up is I have a video game that I'm sound designing called Killing, My Friend, a title which my wife hates, and I, I get that it is a bit confusing. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want more explanation for it, uh, go ahead and check out their website and or you can listen to past episodes where I describe the game. Um, and uh, yes, and the game plan is also you will hear voices from this podcast and other podcasts of people we know. We're probably going to try to slip in some uh, cameos from uh, a lot of our friends in the podcast world to uh, put in this game because frankly uh, it's a indie game and there is no money so there is no union so there is no one getting paid other than me hopefully after the whole thing gets sold so um, anyway that being said this week we are reading the infinity gauntlet from I believe about 90-91 is that about right 90, 91 yes 91 okay um so uh, yeah so we are going to uh, to dive into that um do we want to, holy crap, dog. Um, he's grabbing everything that I didn't know he even could reach. Uh, so I'll have to edit all that out. Uh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, why, but why? You're not going to. You're really not going to. I, I, I did. There was something where I was like, oh no, it was like, I think it was last week when we got in this really long discussion about um, how we did way too many Batman books. And I was like, okay, this is a little too inside baseball. I'll just take parts of this out. Like, some of it's still in, some of it I took out. It was like, no one really needs to know our whole conversation about, okay, why we should or should not do more Batman books in the, the coming year. Um, which, by the way, Happy New Year. This is our first episode of the new year. Um, 
And like I said, we're doing uh, books that have to do with beginnings and origins and, you know, we're trying to theme the whole month together. And so this being the beginning of the end, uh, we have the Infinity Gauntlet queue. I believe this was kind of a, a, a pick from yours, uh, yes. if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Would you like to give us a brief summary uh, before we head into uh, our drinking game and then into our break? So this uh, spins out of the uh, Thanos quest book where death resurrects Thanos and he decides that he needs to go get the Infinity Gem in order to prove his worth to death and in doing so and this is not a spoiler because this happens in like book one he literally kills half the universe yep and so then the remaining heroes have to band together and uh try to uh stop the omniscient uh all-powerful thanos um again that's not i mean that's I mean, for, that's not for a spoiler. A, there's a lot more to the book. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on, but that's pretty, pretty, pretty much it. Fantastico. Uh, so then, I guess I mean, if we're gonna sit there and read this in our new tradition, uh, we need to go with uh, drinking game rules. And now for sports. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game and the agony of defeat remember it's only a game and a dumb one at that the human drama of athletic competition so don't take it too seriously and above all else please drink responsibly the guy is drunk but there he goes rule one the feel the omnipotence rule anytime someone says that they are omniscient or uh, the word omnipotent or uh, any of those words from omni come up take a drink rule two the ded dead rule anytime someone dies take a drink and our final rule the i'm going to take my ball and go home rule i gotta go with anytime dr doom is upset that someone is horning in on his territory uh, cool. So uh, that being said, in a very efficient manner, because we don't have as you know our normal random uh, allotment, I guess um, we're gonna head into our little break, and when we get back, we're gonna get all spoilerific wait, on this. Wait, 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 before, wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, I do have a few things that I would like to okay. say. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, a word from our sponsor, Q. Yes. So <laughs> I was listening to our Excalibur episode. And yes. you know, you know, as I listen to all all of our episodes. So first of all, internet, I hate you for stealing wherever <laughs> yeah. my track went. Um, but number two, I kind of got a little stuck in my craw about the fact that you guys were complaining about the fact that you didn't know who any of these people were and all of this stuff. And I was just like, well, I mean, isn't in any new book like you don't know who they are? So the only difference is that this book happens in the middle of a run, so the beginning of the run. So obviously when we read like the first issue of a book, which is what we normally do, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, you know, we're waiting to be introduced to everyone. Yes. But this book was in the middle. And I was just like, if only... The universe had granted us with some sort of device that allowed us to look <laughs> up things and know who they were and maybe a listing of books <laughs> that they had appeared in. Um, uh -huh. I mean, I'm just gonna, I, I'm just gonna flat out say, like, Google Wiki that shit, you guys. Like, come on. Um, okay. I had so to do I, that. I, and, there. and. I, like, my and Marvel so, lore is strong, but there were people in this book, and I'm like, who the F is that? Well, and the thing is, 
that's what I would expect. Like, if you come across someone, like, again, when we did Teen Titans, there was a character who I wasn't super familiar with named Francis Kane, not realizing that later Francis Kane becomes Magenta. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, let me Google this person really quick and find out who this is. And I'm just like, you know, if that happens in a book, I would expect people to, like, look that up. Like, you know, whatever, do your research on on the book. It just kind of bothered me, and probably because, you know, it's, like, one of my favorite runs, and I get it, like, that book... That book in particular was fairly confusing because, you know, it was the wrap-up of a bunch of other stories. Um, But I was just like, you guys, there's Google. Like... Look him up. I um, I think and and to play devil's advocate, I think in that particular one, I think if we either would have focused strictly on the warpy storyline, which I think is what you're really going on, and and mm-hmm. kind of honed it down, I think we might have been better off because I think the warpy storyline held by its own just fine, which I think was your original goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when we got into the Return of the Dark Phoenix that that's where it started getting a little bit wacky, and then there was the the storyline in Wakanda that really kind of had nothing to do with anything. Well. Yeah, well, the, story, the, the Wakanda story is obviously, you know, just like a throwaway, not really yeah. throwaway, you know, just a little like, oh, hey, you know, our, our artist needs a break for for a week, so here's this other story. But, um, but also to go along with that, I've also found that there are certain books that you guys forgive, and I'm not saying, like, I, I'm not saying this to be attacking or anything, but, mm-hmm. like, I find it interesting, there's a lot of books that you guys talk about the whole series when mm-hmm. when we're talking about the, the book, and when, really, we're just trying to judge it on that first book. Yeah. Like, for example, when we were doing Scott Pilgrim, which I unfortunately had to miss when I was listening to that episode, one of the things I wanted to say when I was listening to you guys talk about the fact that you were, um, oh, well, you know, there's, like, all this stuff that happens, I'm like, yeah, but that didn't happen in that book. That first book feels super bloated because nothing happens. Nothing happens for a really long time. And if if that can be shortened to the first five minutes of a movie, (laughs) like, there's obviously things that can be cut out. Like, you know what I mean? So if we're just judging it on this one book without any future knowledge of what's going on, then... You know, then are we really giving this one book justice? Because reading, like, just reading that first Scott Pilgrim book, and I was trying not to be like, okay, well, this is what happens in the movie. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, this book by itself is kind of buh. Like, yeah. So, so like, and like, you guys were like, oh, like, the, you know, this part is so cool, and there's all these other things. I'm like, well, they none of those things happened in this book. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I, again, just some just some food for thought. Like, you know, as we're continuing to talk about things like it's just interesting how we all sort of play around things and of course i like to explain everything which is also really boring sometimes i'm like quentin just shut the fuck up um <laughs> but it, it's, it's just interesting that you know we we give leniency to some and not to others kind of okay. a thing no nope, i understand that i i will say spoiler alert before we get into this um this is a book that typically like like at least myself i haven't necessarily been too big on more classic books uh stuff from the 80s and 90s um i mean it's not really classic comics but stuff like older books um this is actually a book i really loved uh in general like i really i liked the way a lot of it was handled um and even the even the stuff i didn't like i understood why i didn't like it um and we, we can get into all that details but but i think uh yeah i mean yeah and and, and and again i think it's also the more episodic um nature of the way that comic books are written now because a lot of the current stuff that we read like it's meant to be sort of closed in that in that first yeah. book 
like the, yeah. like the, the, like there's some sort of closure that happens in that first book. Um, yeah. Whereas, again, reading the Alan Davis book, there I mean there was like a little bit of closure for some things, but then you know it like dove right into the next thing because comic books in the '90s weren't traded the way that they are now. Like like now yeah. they're written pretty much to be traded up in one storyline. Yeah, completely. Well, I think, and and I think maybe to help all of us, uh, you know, myself included, maybe when we get into books like that, um, we may just need to preface it with, you know, before we all read it, say, okay, here's the background information on some of these characters that you need to know. uh, So that we're kind of walking in with a a base amount of knowledge between all of us so that, uh, you know, um, you know, we can all be, you know, appreciative of, okay, you know, for example, I mean, not that anyone doesn't know, but like, okay, we're walking to a book with Wolverine in it. Okay, this is what, you know, Wolverine is this guy who, you know, has this healing factor and has, you know, this metal put into his skeleton and like everyone can be on the same page to start out with. And so then that way we can judge the book fairly with the same amount of information. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and then that, because the thing is too, is that there might be, depending on what, I mean, the internet is not invaluable, depending on where you go get your information, you may not have the same amount of information as someone else. So if we all started from the same base and base of knowledge, you know, that gives us all sort I of mean, a fair... I mean, Marvel has an official Wikipedia, I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> but anyway, uh, anyway I, just some observations on listening to our past okay. episodes. I get you, I get you. But that being said, um, this book does have some characters that you may not be completely familiar oh, with. Absolutely, uh, I mean they, they dig deep with some of these with some of these people. Um, but but that being said, I do feel like they do a pretty good job introducing all of those characters. Uh, at least to my satisfaction, I felt like mm-hmm. I kind of understood who that character was what roles they played in this and what their powers were without doing any extra research. I didn't do any extra research. I still enjoyed the hell out of this book and I felt like I kind of got what was going on for the most part. I, I think the only thing is, and I think that I'll probably gain some from uh, some stuff from this conversation uh, based on, you know, both Q and Adam's background knowledge of, you know, the Marvel Universe. His I'm sure there's Andy. some stuff. His name's Andy. I am sorry. I'm sorry. It starts with an A. Adam. That's it's fine. on the board as hell. Yeah. Get, uh, get me we'll his Mexican non-union replacement. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I think from the two of you guys, I think you probably have enough background information that you can kind of help enlighten me. There's probably some stuff I didn't completely catch the gravity of and will probably bring some more uh, appreciation to this book. But I think on its own, it actually holds up really well as far as, you know, introducing the characters and letting you know. I mean, it doesn't spend a whole lot of time introducing Spider-Man, but if you're reading a comic book, you probably know who Spider-Man is. Um, it, it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that they did really well, though, was they did have that one splash page where they introduced, like, a crap ton of characters all at once. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, when, when Doctor Strange brings them all together. Yeah, and they yeah. tell you exactly whom all of them were, and I'm like, oh, that's good, because I would not have recognized that as Drax. Because yeah. that's well, yeah, not how, ex- that's yeah, not how Drax talk about that later days. That Drax and Gamora yeah. are both in this book, and people probably wouldn't recognize them. Yep. Yes. Well, and uh, Gamora's sister, who is a granddaughter in this, but like if you are familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it's Gamora's sister. Yes. No. Yeah. In the, yeah, in the yeah. movies, it'd be Gamora's sister, but yeah. 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 And these, not, it's, it's not, not at all in the comic books. <laughs> yeah. No. But it, and we'll get into this because there is a movie being made out of the Infinity Gauntlet. It is interesting to read this and go, I can kind of see where they can use their current allotment of Marvel Cinematic Universe heroes to replace fairly easily and keep this thing going. I mean, they're obviously not going to use the Silver Surfer, but they can probably get a lot of that same information through, uh, you know, Doctor Strange by himself and things like that. But we'll, we'll get into all of that. 
Um, so yeah, so now is your chance to read this book if you haven't. Um, I would say I actually recommend reading this book. Um, I think it's really fun, and if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, it's it's kind of good to see where things are headed, um, and uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so that being said, uh, we will take a little bit of a break, and uh, we'll be back in a second. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Okay, so uh, we're being uberly efficient since uh, I know Andy has stuff to do. Um, and, uh, you know, all the rest is, and I'm still fighting with this dog who is just. I, uh, so sadly, I have this, like, all natural medication that's supposed to calm this dog down because he has, like, he's been freaking out when we leave the house and put him, I mean, we're kennel training him, but, like, when we leave him, he barks a bit or without this stuff. And so we thought, oh, okay, well, we'll we'll go to the, the vet, and the vet, you know, said, oh, we have this all natural stuff. And you look at the ingredients, and basically it's like a Thanksgiving dinner. It's like tryptophan or whatever. It's supposed to, like, make the dog go to, you know, mellow out or whatever. So I gave it to him because I'm like, okay, I'll, I thought, you know, because if I go driving somewhere, he'll just, like, sit there in the passenger seat and do whatever. Well, so I brought him into the office because I, you know, we also have this cat that, you know, we're still looking for a home for that does not get along with the dog. So I have to kind of keep the dog with me. And um, so I thought, well, I'll give him some of that, even though I'm not leaving him today. And normally he mellows out. Today, he's like sitting in my office and he is like going apeshit crazy right now. Um, and so I like try to keep a, a, a leash on him so he doesn't run off and grab stuff he, that he shouldn't. So I have kind of control over him. And now he's just decided that he wants to just, you know, play tug of war with his leash. Um, so that's that's the fun that I'm having right now. But Yay. Uh, he is adorable, though, I will say. And mostly pretty well trained we, we got him to do uh sit and lie down pretty quickly um and uh so yeah and uh yeah anyway so uh that being said uh well q do you want to do our our i mean since it's, it seems to be your lot in life to do our um uh, <laughs> the, the lightning, our lightning rain which i do like Here's the, lightning the thing I think it's it depends on how like detailed you want to go into this in the lightning round because like i'll so preface the lightning round with there is just so much and so many people and so many things that are going on in this book that it's like uh -huh. to get like to get like the simple story of just like Thanos killing half the universe like you're yeah. still missing a lot so I mean I'll 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 try to just hit like the main points and try not to get too distracted by all like the side stories and like the the, the other mm -hmm. characters and stuff but okay. It, again, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot happens this book, and I will also say that the repercussions of this book are felt throughout the Marvel Universe for, for quite some time. Okay, And Andy, if you feel like jumping in on a little bit of this, by all means, feel free as well to help out. Uh, absolutely. Lightning round begins now. So, Thanos has obtained all the Infinity Gems, which give him omniscient powers, um, and he can pretty much do anything, everything, all the things. Um, for those of you uh, who know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is pretty much what's happening right now. Mephisto is his one ally. Also, uh, Madam Death is his, is another one who resurrected him, which is why everyone's so surprised that Thanos is still alive. His adversary pretty much in this book is Adam Warlock, who was also resurrected out of the Soul Gem, who also resurrects Gamora and Pip the Troll, who are also trapped in Soul World. Once again, I'm not 100% sure how the, all of those three happen, but they come back to life in this book, and that's really what you, what you need to know. Thanos, in trying to impress uh, uh, Madam Death, uh, kills half the universe. The Everyone is kind of like, oh my god, everybody's dead! And um, so the people who are left 
are sort of wondering how how and what it is they're going to do. So Adam Warlock uh, gets with Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, and Captain America, and they band together uh, people that they feel as though are going to help them um, defeat Thanos. Uh, Thanos also brings to his sort of inner circle uh, his granddaughter Nebula, who in the movies is played as, as his daughter, but in the comic books it's his granddaughter, um, and his brother Star Fox, also real name Eros. I don't understand why that's a thing. Anyway, uh, the really cool part is that Eros has uh, um, powers of manipulation with his speech, so Thanos removes his mouth. Awesome. But uh, they then search, uh, the remaining superheroes search the globe uh, and bring together uh, a group of superheroes. You find out that Adam Warlock is really just bringing these superheroes together to be a distraction to Thanos, and Thanos kills all of the heroes that were assembled in grand fashion. It's really one of the coolest issues of this entire book is uh, the big fight with Thanos. Then Adam Warlock, and this is where it gets like metaphysical, hippy-dippy, trippy stuff. Um, um, he gets all of the cosmic beings to attack Thanos again. Again, it's like another distraction for Adam Warlock to then use the Soul Gem to take over the the Infinity Gauntlet. Before that, also Nebula steals the gauntlet. She brings everybody back to life because she wants Thanos everything that Thanos did to be reversed. And um, again, Adam Warlock gets the, gets the gauntlet. Thanos is defeated. Um, everyone's back to life, and then everyone's just questioning, well, then what's Adam Warlock gonna do now? And scene. I love how the, the end of the, the book ends up with basically, essentially, Thanos disapparates, leaves his glove behind, and his granddaughter picks it up, and then it becomes a game of keep away with a glove. Yes. With a bunch yes, of... Yeah, that, that's that's how they defeated Thanos was the most powerful game of keep away with a glove ever. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, the, and sort of the, the running theme is that uh, Vision actually first brings up um, earlier in the series is that Thanos has this weird insecurity about himself where he develops his own means for defeat. And in this book, it proves that he attains omniscience and that was his whole idea to become eternity the 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 whole being of the universe which leaves his corporal form gone so the glove is then left unattended which is then how nebula gets it and then keep away ensues which by the way my favorite part of the whole keep away scene because uh, drax is an idiot he starts attacking <laughs> the hulk and the hulk's like we're on the same team what are you yeah. doing well there's a there's a, an, another thing about the the hulk and and the Wolverine have a, a nice little scene where they both feel like they're the outcasts, and in this situation Aww. where everyone's dying, they're like, well, okay, we gotta both, you know, side together kind of thing, which is well, would actually and, be well, a really fun uh, scene like, if we could do it actually in the movie. Well, and, well, the whole thing is that, so, you know, Wolverine was first introduced as a villain of, yeah. um, of the Hulk, so it was kind of like, oh, you know, we're always fighting, and then Adam Warlock actually tasks both of them with, if they both have an opportunity, that they should kill Thanos. So, because yeah. out of all of the because heroes, they're the ones with the yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're the ones that will do it. Um, so something else that I wanted to bring up while while we're kind of talking about this is the lack of X Men in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Aside from aside from the fact that when they're going through the the heroes who are missing, aka dead, um, it's 
all of X-Factor except for um, Cyclops. So at this time in 1991, the X-Universe was going through this huge shift. Um, Chris Claremont was wrapping up his thing and then subsequently left the book with a lot of hard feelings. Um, so he... Um, th there, there, was, there was lots of drama, blah, 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 blah. But um, like the, the X-Men, for a good chunk of the like mid to late 80s weren't it wasn't really even a team book like they were all scattered to the winds doing their own like solo adventures um dangling plot lines all over the fucking place and they were slowly kind of getting back together so in 1991 which um probably ha in like quote like the timeline happens kind of after this book um the x-men finally all come back together which we're going to read later this month um with um x-men new genesis or mm -hmm. Genesis. Um, yeah. but yeah so they were just like scattered all over the place so that's why i think in this book they were kind of hard to like take some x-men into this so it was hard hard to write them in because of all of the craziness that was going on so it was just easier to just be like oh they're all dead for this, like, you know, like split second. <laughs> we yeah. can't, you know, we can't grab yeah. them. Because um, even X Factor, which was the original X Men at the time, um, they were going through all kind of crazy stuff with um, Cyclops and Maddie Pryor's son, who eventually becomes Cable again. Yeah. Convoluted, convoluted <laughs> X Men universe. <laughs> Um, where he had just been infected with a techno-organic virus, and then the lady from the future comes to get him, and they're trying to defeat Apocalypse, and, and like just a lot of things at the time were going on in the X-Men universe, which is why I think they really weren't included in this book. They just kind of like, okay, we'll just grab Cyclops and Wolverine, and just be like, okay, that's you know, we won't explain what's going on there. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. easier to like kind of deal with the more cosmic and Avengers part of the Marvel Universe in a book like this at the time. Like, now, um, the X-Men are a lot more included in stuff like this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But two things. I mean, one, this makes it really uh, lucrative for Marvel to look at that and be like, huh, it doesn't have any X-Men in it? Cha-ching, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense for, for us. We can, we can totally do that without uh, changing a ton. Uh, second, I'd also like to point out... Um, again what a bitch cyclops is and how he went out <laughs> like i got my head stuck in a box oh, oh poor me yeah the, my ongoing hate of cyclops oh, he's such a dick um another interesting thing in this was uh that thor at the time is not thor um it's donald blake in a um as I think, I think he was technically like the second Thor. Um, also, there's the white Vision instead of the um, the red and green Vision that most people are uh, more more. Uh, well, I'm familiar gonna get into the Vision with. next week. What what is the story behind that? Because we do. So, I mean, that, and that's gonna get into my recommendations for next week. Is all of the okay. storylines that build up into Vision. But what happened is there was a. Um, Oh, it's the storyline's called the Vision Quest, which is again will be my my recommendation next week. Um, it's uh, <laughs> pretty much this. I'm trying to remember if it's some government agency or if it's an actual villain. I think it's a government agency. Pretty much wipes out all of Vision's emotions so, because he's an android, and uh, which is so it totally puts a strain on his relationship with the Scarlet Witch. <clears throat> who at the time was already super strained because you find out that their children are phantoms. Again, uh -huh. comic books people. And um, 
So he decided that this group, when they put him back together to, to I guess, sort of symbolize the fact that he had no, no emotions, made him white. Um, just, oh, you know, okay. just, you know, empty, sort of like empty. And which is why he's very, he's a little bit more robotic in, in his speech patterns than, cause like sometimes like vision just kind of talks normally. Whereas in this, he definitely has a little bit more of a, uh, cold robotic sense. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, it's th- that, that's, that's, that was another thing. So Pip the Troll, I actually really don't know a whole lot about. All I know is that he was a part of the um, sort of cosmic group of people, and after this, he's kind kind of like another Wolverine, just without like the violent powers. Just sort of, you know, like, smokes a lot, smartass, little and hairy, kind of a thing. Um, He also does come back many, many years later in the X-Factor series, um, and he's sort of like the secretary of, of X-Factor investigations, but, um, yeah, he, (laughs) again, I just always thought that it was really cool that, uh, you know, it's in the middle of the series, which, you know, when I first read this a thousand years ago, um, I didn't realize that, like, it was a limited series, like, I thought that this was, like, a new book, so when (laughs) Thanos kills everybody, I was like, what? What do you mean he kills everybody? Because, you know, for most people, like, in comics, like, when you kill this many people and this many big names, obviously reality is going to be reversed, like, that's sort of the trope now, (laughs) whereas, like, when, again, I was, this was 30 years ago, um, 20 plus. That was 20, 20, 20, 25 years ago. Okay, so, um, like, at the time I was, like. It was a quarter of a century years, years yes. ago. But, um, yeah. And, uh, another thing is that you, like, through reading this, like, you always get that Mephisto is playing a different angle, um, Thanos is playing his angle. Lady Death is playing hers, even though she doesn't speak. Um, and then you find out that Nebula is also um, playing their own angle. And it's just the the villains are pretty interesting going through this, mm-hmm. especially when uh, Thanos's creation Taraxia just rips off Iron Man's head and then bashes uh, Spider Man's face in. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, that that battle is uh, it's pretty intense. Although it's it's kind of like you guys had no plan of attack whatsoever against that. <laughs> yeah. You right? had no idea what anything that was going on with Thanos. You just know, oh, he's got this thing. We got to go after him. The Silver Surfer said so. So we're going to throw a bunch of Avengers at him and, and hope the right things happen. It's like, nope. Boop. Yeah, and, and hope that someone. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know what? We've been talking about Adam Warlock, but uh, I think that that's a character most people don't know who aren't really really up on this. It, he's someone I actually don't know that much about outside of this book. And uh, when he was earlier in in Guardians of the Galaxy when they rebooted that uh, a little while ago, do, Q, do you know more of his backstory? Or? So he was an artificial. Being like that whole cocoon thing that happens at the beginning of this um, is also so. Also, for those of you who saw Guardians of the Galaxy, there his cocoon is in the Collector's um, laboratory. Yep, um, oh, that's and, interesting. And then when when after it explodes, when you see when it's that that like last scene, 
the cocoon is open, just FYI. So everyone was speculating that Kurt Russell in this new movie is actually Adam Warlock, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but anyway, but he was first introduced um, back in the Fantastic Four sixties-ish, uh, and uh, he was originally called Him. By the way, that was his that was his name. And, H-I-M, him. Yep, him. Um, okay. And he was just kind of like this, uh, like this messiah-like character who could just do a bunch of stuff, and then. Um, He's sort of connected to like the, the like the more cosmic characters, and then this book is what really kind of made him a little more pivotal to the Marvel universe. Because then for a while, and these are going to be my recommendations for this book, which we can talk about again later. But the Infinity War and then the Infinity Crusade. So he and like his other selves, sort of um, trying to play this big cosmic game of sort of who's going to win but uh he's uh, in all honesty he's kind of boring like he's like he's he's, like there's not really too much about him like he's just kind of this cosmic being who just is around like like there's not like any sort of like to me there's not really any drama about him there's no like like driving force he's just sort of this cosmic being who wants to make sure there's balance in the universe he's kind of like a macguffin though because like he's got the soul gem and yeah like, exactly because because yeah. like soul is so like uh, wishy-washy that really he can just kind of do whatever they feel like the soul can hence he uses the soul gem to take away the infinity gauntlet it's sort of it's sort of like uh Mati in um <laughs> Captain Captain Planet, Planet, where it's like he has the powers of heart, so it's like he can kind of manipulate all people where it's like just the mind gem should be able to do that, Um, and Mm -hmm. and it does, but those powers are sort of more defined to dealing just with the mind, whereas this deals with the soul, which is such an ambiguous concept. But, I mean, after this book, which is uh, then in the Infinity Watch series, Adam Warlock and his... uh, sort of allies all maintain one of the infinity gems which kind of becomes a thing for a while that then there are these characters that have the infinity gems or before that when the infinity gems were first introduced it was like these cosmic beings across the universe had these things and then it's like oh now all these earth heroes have them Mm -hmm. which then more recently became um the illuminati who uh were just these powerful marvel characters the big name marvel characters like black panther professor x um iron man um black bolt then became the keepers of the uh of the infinity gems and they were dicks yes (laughs) the marvel illuminati oh my gosh they're terrible Yeah, they they really were. They just never had the best interest of anyone at heart. But uh, in in the Crusade and War uh, sequel series to this, um, in Infinity War, so Adam Warlock gets rid of all of the good and evil out of his body to make sure that there is balance. So that way he's not influenced by anything. And when he gets rid of those, because, uh, you know, comic books, these beings are created from his good and bad aspects. Um, his bad aspect is called the Magus, and he uh, is the villain in Infinity War, where he um, creates doppelgangers, uh, evil doppelgangers of all of the Marvel Universe. And there's this whole thing where they're all uh, fighting. They're, they're 
evil selves, blah, blah, blah. It was this whole big crossover. And then the Infinity Crusade is his good aspect, um, and her name is called the God... She's called Goddess, and she sort of, um attaches to all of the religious comic book characters, which is a very weird thing. And like the, and she was still the villain of the piece. And I, I have to be honest, I'm not 100% up on the Infinity Crusade as I am on the, the Gauntlet or the War. Um, okay. And so eventually they they have to be like, um, so like we're like religious, so we don't want to worship you anymore. So what she does, she uses those people's religious natures to sort of have them follow her, um, which okay. is which is really interesting. So um, and you you also found out that like you know a lot of characters were religious, <laughs> um, yeah. which, which was like, uh, oh okay. Um, it's not yeah. just Matt Murdock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was like um, like Shadowcat, who's who's a devout Jew, uh, as is Moon Knight, and um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I'm trying that to sounds think like who... an Adam Sandler song in the making. It really does. So, so, so <laughs> um, she uh, she try she's trying to destroy all sin, is what she is trying to do. So all sin, of course, being you know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, this book to me is is just a lot of fun. You know, when you're a little fanboy re- again reading a book and you're like, oh my gosh, all like all the big name superheroes are all dying. Like this shit's real. And then you know, it's like, oh, just kidding. But you know, but at, at the time, like it's really really cool. And also, I was uh, introduced to comic books through the trading card series. So. You know, a lot of those, like, kind of randoms who then showed up in this book, I'm like, oh, I know who that is because I have that trading card. Like, I'd never read, read a book with them in it. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, Nebula was a character that I got her random trading card of hers. And I was like, I don't know who this is. And then when she appeared in this book, I'm like, oh, okay, now I know who this is. And I could put, like, it into context. Because, again, back in those days, there was not <laughs> Google or Wikipedia for you to figure out who a lot of those people were. So when you're, like, opening up your pack, hoping for, like, you know, Jean Grey or Wolverine, and you get Nebula and Nova, you're just like, who the fuck are these people? It was cool to have a book like this where it's like, oh, that's who all of these random people are. This book also introduced me to Scarlet Witch, who's, you know, sort of an Mm -hmm. A-lister adventure. Do you still have all your trading cards? Uh, yeah, somewhere. I think they're in my storage okay. unit someplace. I, I'll be honest. At one point in time, I was looking on Amazon, and I found that you can actually, like, buy some of them, and I thought about sending them to you for Christmas, and I'm like, <laughs> I bet he still has them. I don't think that would be worthwhile. I think he probably still has his collection, and I don't think it I really mean, would I, matter. I mean, I do. Um, so two characters who I have no idea who they are, and I have never seen or heard from them again, are Love and Hate, who are the two uh, female, uh, like, sub... Celestial beings. Although, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm just yeah. like, who the fuck are these uh, bitches? Like, I never heard of them before. Like, the rest of them, at least I had heard of at the time. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, uh, what's this? I feel what like they needed to, like. <laughs> I feel like yes. they needed to like invent a couple of extra celestials because they're like, uh, well, we we've got like Uatu and Galactus and um uh uh <laughs> and, and the thing is like the other ones I had heard of before, but Infinity even has a, a sister, and I'm trying to remember what her name is. 
uh, not Infinity. Uh, in fact, actually, no, I think that's her name. Her name is Infinity, Eternity's sister. But uh, anyway, so it's just Peggy. like if you Peggy if you if you're looking the, for like you know to make it look like you weren't trying to have a sausage party in the universe, <laughs> um, you know there there were others that they could have used. The universe sausage party. <laughs> Uh, new sequel from uh, from uh, oh whatever his name is um, oh Evan Goldberg and why am I blanking on his Seth Rogen uh, the Universe Sausage Party that's coming up next summer. <laughs> I think that's what they alluded to at the end of the of the Sausage Party movie. Spoiler alert. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah I know it's true. Yeah. Uh, no, but when you heard that we were doing Infinity Gauntlet, you wanted to you jumped at this opportunity. So I'm kind of curious as to what your your thoughts, history, like what what kind of appealed to you as to say, oh, I definitely need to jump in on this. Well, I, I think just because we're coming up on the MCU tackling this in in film form, and I, I think I'm not the only one who has has been counting down like how many Infinity Stones have shown up in the universe yeah. and like trying to obsessively track that and so i just i think that's so cool and i love that they're building this up and they're teasing it and they're teasing it and they're teasing it i mean from that very first moment in that uh, teaser scene at the end of avengers where uh he says to um you know to go up against earth is to court death and this guy turns around and you see it's Thanos and you're like, oh my God, and oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and everyone in the theater is like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, oh, <laughs> let me tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, uh, I, I just get really giddy about all of this and I'm wondering like, where's that sixth infinity stone? We're going to find out mm-hmm. hopefully soon. Well, yeah, because the, the only one that's missing now is the soul gem. Yep. So maybe Adam Warlock has it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm assuming it'll probably show up in the Guardians of the Galaxy this summer. Same as how next so summer too. is the Infinity War. Yeah, I, I I think there's a good bet at that. But I was was I the only one who like sat up a little straighter in his seat when when they said that the eye of agamotto was a was an infinity gem and dr strange i'm like ooh. ooh. <laughs> See, I, unfortunately like i kind of already figured that which was kind of yeah. annoying um but uh it, it was the same thing I, I will have to say in um sixth sense when i noticed that he wasn't um that the, the door kept locking and i'm like why does she keep Unlocking, the, like you know, locking the door, and I was like, "Oh, he's dead, isn't he?" Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so now I'm just like, "Well, who? Well, who's gonna have it?" Because obviously, so I mean, Mantis is showing up in the new movie, but yeah. like that—that that would be weird if she had it. At least in my opinion. Um, and also, I mean, Mantis is such a fucking weird character, anyway. Um, yeah. Well, and the whole idea that Kurt Russell might is. Well, they're saying he's playing Ego, the living planet, who is actually Star-Lord's father. If that's maybe a possibility, I don't know. Maybe so. But maybe because I heard that he's not—he's not that character. He's um, the comic book father. Who? Hold on, just a second. Um, it, his name is something stupid. Uh, it's oh, like, it's like Jason or something. Yeah, like that uh, yeah, the... like J- Jason something. Um, yeah, th- that, that's what I had had heard. All I know is Kurt Russell's facial hair is like on point 
so oh i haven't seen any pictures of him it's it's pretty amazing i mean it's it's essentially a different version of what he had in the hateful eight last year and and so you know it's but it's it's big and bushy and crazy he's a man defined by his mustache right now like uh uh magnum pi there was a, a character one of the celestials looked like it could like i i know it's not the same character but i when i first just saw the character without reading their introduction i was like oh shit it's like it, that might be who it is and it wasn't i'm trying to find him in the book right now real fast but do you think just out of random theory do you think they'll ever actually put the uh the watcher in the marvel cinematic universe no because it, uh, uh he's owned by fantastic four oh is he really yeah although yeah. although so was um black panther so i'm wondering how marvel wrangled black panther out, out from the fantastic four umbrella well, i also love that the fantastic four is all completely dead in this book as well oh uh, yeah that's another one that makes this book very helpful for the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I, the, the, I'm sure that there was also something equally crazy, like the X Men going on in Fantastic Four at the time. So we're like, let's not fuck with that. Poor Fantastic Four. They're pretty much dead in the Marvel <laughs> universe right now too. Yeah, well, they can't get a decent movie made of them to save their life, which is terrible. Well, it's like yeah, well, be that I mean, hard. yeah. I mean, unfortunately, Marvel sold their rights too soon, and yeah, but it also is probably what they needed to do to be. A viable company. Well, I mean, at, at the same time, it's the same reason why they sold all of their stuff to Toy Biz and then the, um, you know, Fox and Sony was because you know they needed they had de- declared bankruptcy in like ninety yeah, seven. They, they they needed that cash to stay afloat. Yeah, they and did. So, I get it. They'll, they'll probably eventually get it back. And and I mean, this Sony deal, even with no money changing hands, has already mm-hmm. been very lucrative for both the Avengers side uh, with Spider-Man being included in Captain America Civil War and like Spider-Man Homecoming I don't know a Mm -hmm. single person who's looked at that trailer and been like oh another Spider-Man movie I did Oh really? <laughs> I did. And the, oh, and the thing is, on you. not not that I don't think that that kid is good, nor um, do I uh, not hate the fact that all of gay media has called him Spider Twink. Um, <laughs> I do like that name. But for him, I I am glad that we're not doing like the whole origin story because like, god damn it, like I needed to hear that one again. Um, yeah. But I, I, I am. I'm like an, another Spider-Man movie. Like, didn't didn't we literally like just have two? And before that, didn't we just have three? Like, is is there nothing else to do? Uh, and and like, I keep looking back and being like, hey, Marvel did a big deep cut and was like, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, here's yeah. here's this craziness. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm just like, Mar- Marvel, you still can do eight billion other movies like why continually go back to fucking spider-man Ugh. yeah but spider-man I, is their that, biggest character i mean spider-man is the equivalent of superman for dc you know at least as far as marvel goes because like i think before the avengers or the like the captain Mar- or the iron man and the captain america movies come out like iron man was still kind of sea squad really uh, as I far mean, as marvel goes but it's the, the cinematic universe I mean, has made really. them the popular characters <laughs> kind of i mean you know like I, I mean, uh, here's the thing. You're t- you're talking to someone who has been reading comics for close to you know to, for like 25 years. So uh-huh. like, for you to say that, I'm just like, listen, newbie. 
Like, okay, shut well, the fuck but, up. But, no, so, no, so and, and, we're, we're, and I agree with you, though. But hold on. My point is that from a non-reading perspective, for, like, someone who just knows the characters, right? It, before all, like, the, those Marvel movies came out, if you were to ask people to name superheroes, having no history in reading comic books, they would know Batman, they would know Superman, they might know Wonder Woman. The only Marvel character they might know is Spider-Man. Like, he was the one that... And then they would probably maybe know X-Men or Wolverine. So, like, he was still the, the quintessential Marvel comic book character for people who hadn't read comic books. So, you know, yes, if you do know comic books, yes, he is just sort of another character. But if you don't know comic books, if you are just, you know, an average person, he was probably one of the more well-known characters out there before all these movies happened. And, like, I... Before the Iron Man movie came out, I don't know if I knew anything about Iron Man because, I mean, I, I was a, a, a passive... Uh, comic book reader at that point in time, but I didn't know anything about Iron Man at that point. So, uh, he was from a, a general public, not, not <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, but, but yeah, but from a, a general uh, a general viewership, not necessarily a, a fanboy comic book viewership, I think that uh, Spider Man still is a very important character to the Marvel universe in general. Well, and even more so, I think Sony is banking on you know having a giant money mill that they can keep making another movie every other year on this. I mean, they were mm-hmm. originally banking on uh, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man to make a Sinister Six movie, and they already yeah. had, like, a Spider-Man 3 and 4 that they were, like, starting to do pre-production on, and then they're like, oh, everyone kind of hates this, don't they? Like, Sony wants to get paid. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. and they're going to yeah. keep holding on to this thing and they're going to keep using it to print money because they can make, they literally can make a shitty Spider Man movie and still make hundreds of millions of dollars off of it because they've done it several times. So, if they yeah. make a really good one, then maybe they can make a yeah. billion dollars. And so they're going to yeah. keep making them, unfortunately. And, you know, uh, the quality is going to vary, but I'm. I'm hoping that they that they get this one right. And uh, again, I'm, well, I will still go see this movie, and I will mm-hmm. probably enjoy it more than I than the last two. But I'm still like mm, another Spider-Man movie. But but he's flying with Iron Man. It's superhero team up. <laughs> I I mean that's the only thing that and he jumps he jumps off the Washington Monument over a helicopter. Yeah, but jumps off but the Washington. He, he also jumped off. <laughs> over New York City in the last five movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just saying, he jumped over everything else, too. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm also just not a huge Spider-Man fan. And mm-hmm. again, this is someone who watched every episode of the Spider-Man cartoon series. I tried mm-hmm. watching all the rest of them, but I was just getting too old for, like, cartoons as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because they started, like, dumbing into, like, like the, the new Teen Titans cartoon and the new Spider-Man cartoons. I was like, ugh, these are kind of dumb. Like I, mm-hmm. I, like, I miss, I miss like, the 90s where it was like, yeah, it's for kids, but at least the adults didn't feel, like, talked down to. Um, but anyway, um, I, I, I... You want to talk about kiddifying your Marvel Universe, though. Go find the Superhero Squad. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanos is there. He's voiced by Jim Cummings, who, if you're into voice acting, he, mm-hmm. you know who Jim Cummings is. He, he's done uh, Tigger, and he does tons of stuff on Star Wars now. And I yeah, met him great. at a con. He's very, very lovely. 
He is. He's amazing. <laughs> so, but he plays Thanos and uh, this very weird version of the Infinity Gauntlet happens in this universe. And it <laughs> is like, it is a kiddified acid trip. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's just absolutely insane. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. They took it off much to my eight-year-old son chagrin he's like dad when are they gonna put superhero squad back on here and i'm like i'm sorry son i think it's god we're gonna have to make our peace like, with with not having that maybe find a bit or, or something yeah <laughs> I, I can't find it on uh on on dvd or blu-ray i think i would but because hmm. he loves it so much but it is weird so if you yeah, want I'd, an alternate I, 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 I tried i tried watching it as well and, and I, I could not yeah. Um, <clears throat> there are also like three Avengers cartoons that were out at the same time, and I think I think that's why some of them got canceled because I, I think there was like too many at the same yeah. time. Oh yeah. So like, just none of them were. It was like Marvel's literally just like just throw them all the cartoons, all of them. Yeah. See which one works, and it's like none of them do now. None of them. All the yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Although um, I have to say, as a fan, the Phineas and Ferb Marvel crossover was actually pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> Not as awesome as the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars crossover, but but it was still pretty good. Yes. Um, yes. Speaking of, so speaking of of cartoons, did either of you happen to watch both the Iron Man 1990s, like '93 cartoon, or then the Avengers Assemble cartoon? I've seen Avengers Assemble. I've watched that. No, no. Uh, or is it called Avengers United? It takes place in the future. Oh, that one I haven't seen. Avengers Assembled, I have seen. Uh, so yeah, again, Avengers Assembled is one of the ones where it was like three different. There were three different Avengers cartoons happening at the same time. I think the one to watch out of those that was actually good was Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Like that yeah. was that one was good. I actually liked that one. That was fun. Yeah, um, it was fairly canonical and pretty and pretty the, good. Um, the Iron Man cartoon was um, it was fairly okay. It was uh, very much like the Spider Man. There was also a Fantastic Four one that had happened again. Like the X Men cartoon happened, and then was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Men. So they started making all these other ones, and um, the Iron Man one. Also, his supporting characters were the Avengers West Coast, which were Spider Woman, Scarlet Witch, and this guy called Sentry, who nobody cares about. And every so often, oh, I think like, that, I love the Sentry. You shut oh. your mouth. <laughs> no, that's okay. Keep going. Um, and uh, uh, I think Hawkeye would show up every so often too. But anyway, that that one was okay. Um, the one thing I didn't like about it was that Scarlet Witch was portrayed as this really quote vampy uh, Eastern European woman, which was really strange to me. Because mm-hmm. even though she is Eastern European, I was like, she's never been played as like this a sex pot. Like that's never been a thing that she does. Um, mm-hmm. But then the um, Avengers. Oh, hold on, I, I don't have to look it up. But I think I want, I want to say it's called like Avengers United or something. Yeah, un- yeah, United They Stand, and it took place in the future, and it was awful. It lasted <laughs> barely half a season before it was canceled, and like they never aired like the like the last three episodes or something. Um, but yeah, it was it was just real bad. Did you ever see the Spider-Man cartoon on MTV where Spider-Man was voiced by Neil Patrick Harris? Yes. Um, I never watched an episode, but I knew that it, it happened. 
I watched like one or two, like I watched one episode. I thought, oh, this is cool, and then I could never find it on that show, like on MTV again. Like yeah. it was one of those I, I weird. Did like, Lisa Loeb either play Mary Jane? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it was very weird. Like it was very kind of post gen XE. Like, hey, who can we throw in here on this? And, like, and I think I caught it like you know in between episodes of Road Rules and Real World Challenge or whatever. And I, I was like, oh, this is cool, and then could never find it again. Yeah, it, it seemed like it came out, and there were a, a very limited number of episodes, and then they're like, "Yeah, that's it. That's that's all we did." Yeah, yeah, it was very strange. Uh, wait, are you talking about the one with Drake Bell? Or are you talking about the one with? Oh no, this is this is a different one again. There, when there's too many <laughs> too many shows at the same time, Spider Spider Man cartoons. The the, the current. Spider-Man uh, show, which is super kitty, but the one good thing about it is uh, that Agent Coulson shows up all the time because he's uh, the principal in Peter Parker's high school, and uh, oh, that's, awesome. that's that's fun. Uh, there's a whole episode where they're trying to put on a musical of Spider-Man. It's uh, <laughs> it's worth watching just because it's really terrible. And Flash Thompson uh, plays Spider-Man. It's it's pretty good. Uh, Spider-Man and musicals do not have a good history. It, it, it's really yeah. funny because it came out at the same time that they were having the the all the problems with Turn Off the Dark. And I think it yeah. was it was a very knowing wink at people yeah. who, who knew what was going on with that. Yeah. Uh, so that that Spider-Man because I, I looked up Neil Patrick Harris and IMDb. It it was just called Spider-Man. And it's from 2003. They did 13 episodes, but I love it on IMDb when like they show, say shows haven't been canceled yet, and it still says it's continuing on. But there's only been 13 episodes since 2003. <laughs> like every once in a while, I go through and be like, it'll say like the show's still ongoing, or it just doesn't have a ending date, and you're like, or I don't think it's still going. Anyway, uh, well, so we've been rambling on for quite a while here. Do we want to get into cocktails? Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. So my cocktail was kind of fun. So as I said, I had the Nebula trading card before I had this, so Nebula was just always kind of interesting to me. So the, I have the mm-hmm. Galaxy Nebula cocktail, and okay. um, what it is, it's a blended drink. So you make the dark layers and then the light layers separately. So in the dark layer, it's a shot of tequila, a shot of blue uh, curacao, um, and a half a shot of grenadine, and then you blend all that with ice. And then in another blender, you do a shot of vodka, a shot of triple sec, a shot of blue curacao, and then you blend that with ice. And then you sort of layer the dark and light layers to make like a slushy. It's all mm-hmm. that's all different colors of like blue and purple. And then you just drink that shit. It just it sounds okay. super tasty, and I love an alcoholic Slurpee. Uh, I did mine because um, this is kind of a weird little thing um my wife loves uh cocktails with egg in it and uh in this book uh thanos is in love with death literally so i found a drink called the death flip and it has egg in it and it also has tequila which my wife also loves so this is sort of a little dedication to my wife um but it is uh it's a full ounce of uh silver tequila a half ounce of jägermeister a half ounce of chartreuse um a quarter ounce of uh sugar syrup probably simple syrup um one whole egg and a pinch a pinch of freshly grated nutmeg um you shake all the ingredients um uh dry so you don't have any ice into it and then you uh, strain to a, uh, 
a glass. Obviously, all the ingredients except for the nutmeg and then you garnish with the nutmeg. Um, and uh, yeah, it should uh, it should be uh, fairly um, herbal, is what uh, it probably sounds like. But uh, yeah, that's mine. Andy, do you have a mocktail for us? I do have a mocktail for us. Uh, here's here's what you do. You take some of your Mountain Dew Voltage, which is the blue Mountain Dew. You pour it in a glass. Mm-hmm. Or, well, first, you, uh, before that, you take some candied ginger and uh, you oh, brush some of the ginger. sugar off of that. And you put that around the rim of the glass. You pound out that uh, candied ginger nice and flat. And you use that to garnish at the top. And then you throw in your... Uh, you throw in your Mountain Dew voltage, and uh, I call that the Mind Stone to keep you awake and alert. And it's blue like the Mind Stone, so there you go. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, cool. Do we want to go with uh, final reviews? Since this is already um, becoming a very long episode, and we've just rambled yeah. around a lot. That's okay. I like rambling. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the only thing that I kind of want to talk about is the art. Uh, George Perez, who is the principal um artist in the first couple issues and then Ron Lim who is a very George Perez-esque in the later issues I just again I'm a classic comic book person it's that classic comic style uh highly detailed George Perez is also known for um his big group shots which he does um a lot in this book because obviously there's you know a thousand characters in here um Again, he, uh, it, everyone's very distinctive. Um, you know, people's eyebrows are different. Their beards are different. Um, all of that kind of stuff, which which is super fun. Um, Ron Lim, uh, who, again, pencils the, the later part of the series, is still very Perez-esque, uh, where you kind of don't even realize that a new artist has taken over, um, which is also kind of interesting. But... Uh, I just just also just love 1990s art. Um, well, no, not all of it. I take it back. I take it back. Not all of it, because Rob Rob Leefield also was happening at the time. And, no. um, but Already anyway, I just, <laughs> I just I just want to say that I I really like the book. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think having a somewhat basic knowledge of the Marvel universe is helpful. But I mean, again, you don't need to know who Nova is. You don't need to know who Gamora is. You know, you just kind of have to be like, oh, okay, they they do stuff in this book, but it's not really super necessary. But you know, this is it does get into some deep cuts of the Marvel universe. Um, you know, there are some super randos that that appear but uh, like quasar nobody cares quasar um <laughs> especially when your hands get melted nobody gives a flying fuck nobody um yeah but you also have like all your big hitters you've got iron man captain america uh wolverine the hulk um all joining together to save the universe Good fun. Andy, would you like to uh, give us your thoughts? Yeah, I, I love this book. I mean, it's obviously like one of the seminal big events in the Marvel universe ever. And especially if you're coming at the uh, if you're coming at the Marvel cin- Cinematic Universe, this is something you should pick up for a lot of the same reasons that you said, Q. I think it's actually a good primer because you can read through it and get introduced to a lot of these characters and be like, oh, who is that? 
get your Marvel wiki ready, go and and look some of this up and and do some background reading. Know that you're going to come into this, uh, you know, at a little bit of a disadvantage sometimes and that you might have to look up who some of these people are. But I think by doing that, you will get to know so many different corners of the universe. Uh, But what this ultimately is to me is in that third or fourth book when they have their big battle. This reminded me of when I was a kid and I would take all of my toys out of the toy box and set them up all all around my room and make them fight. And you had Transformers and He-Mans and and Star Wars uh, and Mask all fighting together. And they're all going after one big bad guy that they all had to defeat and they all had to work together. That's what this is. And it was a load of fun. And uh, they're... Other than, yeah, that, that's kind of a, a weak ending, but I think that's the problem with omnipotence is when you have an omnipotent hero or villain, it's impossible to beat them un, unless they're stupid. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's the that's the problem you end up with. Yeah, so, or, or, or that sort of deus ex machina where it's like, the soul, blah, we win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's other than that, uh, it's a it's it's fun to see the fight, even if the ending is a little bit meh. Uh, I have high hopes for how they might be able to pull this off in the cinematic universe, and I I hope they come up with a better ending than a game of keep away. Um, and I will throw in my two cents. Um, as as someone like I have didn't read comics as a kid, so I well oftentimes when I read these older books, um, I don't necessarily connect with them as much. I actually really love this book. Um, I and even the the keep away at the end didn't necessarily bother me because they set it up. Um, as far as the story goes, they set up that um, Thanos, you know, basically was self destructive emotionally, and that's why he would cause himself to lose and things like that. There, it wasn't like it was completely out of nowhere. Like they sort of set it up from the the get go. Um, I was I, I felt like. I was uneasy with the ending because I didn't know the Adam Warlock character. I didn't know how he was going to play with it, but I think that was part of what the intention was. So the ending didn't necessarily bother me significantly. The other thing um, I would say to add on to some of the things that have been said is uh, uh, there are a lot of characters in this book. I felt like, as opposed to uh, the the first run of Civil War, I felt like a lot of the characters, even though there were a ton in there, a lot of them got a decent amount of due for having it be a big book. I felt like when we read... Uh, the first Civil War, there are scenes where I can remember there was just like a ton of characters thrown into a room, and most of them are just going to be cannon fodder. Like they're all going to die. Whereas I feel like all of the characters were at least introduced, gotten a little bit of play, had a couple of lines here or there, and had something to add to the battle at some point in time. Like there was a reason that they were there. Um, or and and you know and then other big characters were at least pointed out. Like yes, we can't get a hold of them, or no, they're dead, or whatever. Um, so I liked that about this a lot, and I felt like um, the story on its own stood up enough, the writing stood up enough that, yes, you probably would want to go and do some research and find out like a little more about Adam Warlock and a little bit more about these, but I felt like it stood on its own enough that you could actually still follow the story and still enjoy it without having to have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Marvel Universe. And, and so therefore, I, like, I actually really kind of loved the hell out of this book. I thought it was a lot of fun, and uh, and I can see very easily how they could turn this into a movie. You know, you do a few little changes here. You take out a Silver Surfer, you make more of that, you know, the Vision and... Um, uh, uh, Doctor Strange chatting and uh, you know all that kind of stuff and uh, I mean I, I think I think it will turn into a very fun interesting movie at that point in time and with the power of the Infinity Gauntlet it gives them the ability to blink 
characters out of existence that they want to get rid of whose contracts have expired at the end of the <laughs> That's true. or magically recast them. Hey, look, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is now this <laughs> guy who's 20 years younger. Ain't that a thing? Yeah. Like the doctor regenerating on Doctor Who. So, uh, Actually, I read um, part of about that today, actually. That actually came from uh, the performer was sick or something like that there was like there was a whole article that was floating around today about different weird recastings and why people left shows and why people re- written out and the show was very popular and he was sick and he was like i just I, he couldn't keep up with the television schedule so that's part of why they came up with the doctor regenerating was to keep the show going and he just asked to leave the show rather than you know them like canceling the show or anything like that and that's that's kind of where that came from yeah useless little side note yeah there's a there's a nice little dramatization of what was going on behind the scenes of the first series of doctor who uh that was made by the bbc i'm pretty sure it's on netflix and uh it's really well acted has a bunch of british actors who you'll recognize if you watch you know your normal bbc things worth checking out Mm, okay i have to i have to look into that uh, cool. Um, if yeah, so I think I mean we've we've definitely delved into a lot of uh, inside baseball stuff on this. Um, so uh, does anybody have any recommendations they would uh, like to go? With? <clears throat> As I said, my recommendations would be if you like this book, continue reading the um, there's the Infinity Watch series, which happens after this, um, which continues the story of Thanos, uh, Adam Warlock, Gamora, Pip the Troll, and um, Drax joins that team, as well as his daughter, Moon Dragon. Uh, it was... Huh? What? Were you going to say something? Or were you just no. going... Or were you just sighing exasperated? No, there was none of the above, but... <laughs> Um, uh, and then the Infinity War and the Infinity Crusade, which I kind of talked about earlier. Okay. Um, and it's, I mean, I, I guess you could look up the reading order, but like, I always kind of like know so, the trade so, reading order. So, it, so it would be Infinity Gauntlet and then, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet Aftermath, which includes Infinity Watch and then Infinity, Cru- uh, Infinity War, Infinity Crusade. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, Andy, do you have any recommendations? Yes, I do. Uh, but instead of a reading order, I'm going to give you a watch order. Watch okay. Captain America: The First Avenger, then the <laughs> Avengers, uh, then uh, let me see what. Oh shoot! What's the next one in order of? Oh, then Thor: The Dark World, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Doctor Strange, and uh, and and also listen to me and Adam on uh, on the Board of Hell podcast as we count down uh, our top movies of 2016 pretty sure both of us have Doctor Strange somewhere there in the top 10. We really loved it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fantastic movie and uh, it seemed like not a lot of people knew that that was a Marvel movie and people should go check that out. Yeah. Is that your Infinity Gems reading order? Is that what that is? Yeah. That's that's, you can figure out where where all of the Infinity Gems are in the Marvel Universe by, by watching that. Okay. Awesome. Um, and my recommendation is uh, a weird one, but uh, the I found recently with the new Star Wars movie coming out that uh, I love the Lego games and the Lego Star Wars, um, the whole original uh, six films is on like 
your iPhone. Like you can actually play the whole game on your iPhone. And when I originally played them, um, I have played them on the Xbox, but I also originally played them on a, uh, a like a Nintendo DS. Uh, it's actually a little more fun to play on your phone because A, you already have it with you, but B, the graphics are a little better on my phone than they were on the Nintendo DS back when I was playing those. Uh, but yeah, you can play all that. And they also have uh, the new um, Force Awakens, uh, you know, uh, Lego uh, game on there as well, which I've been playing and enjoying as well. So, uh, if you like the Lego games, which if you've never played the Lego games before, they have a loving sense of humor towards their, uh, towards whatever movie or franchise they're going after, and so they do a little gentle ribbing of, you know, sometimes they point out things that don't quite make sense, or sometimes things that are a little bit silly, and, uh, have a very fun sense of humor to them, and it's part of the reason why I do love the Lego games in general, um, and they do some really fun, interesting things, uh, so, uh, especially, like, some of the stuff they did with Marvel and, and uh, Batman, things like that, there, there's some very funny little weird moments in there where, you know, uh, sometimes Robin in the uh, the Lego uh, Batman games is a complete and utter moron um, in a very amusing sort of... Uh, uh, sort of old old style comic, comic uh, straight man, you know, wackiness kind of thing. So, anyway. And it looks like we'll get that in, uh, in the movie next year, too. <laughs> that their yeah. Robin looks pretty silly in the, in the Lego I, movie coming up. I am very excited for that Lego Batman movie. Like I, I that that is a huge movie for me. I, I do love the Lego movies or the, the Lego uh, games, and I, I think the that movie looks like it's it's covering that sense of humor very very well. Those games uh, are great, and the the Lego Marvel uh, Marvel superheroes game is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. That I think that might it's be a my lot favorite of, fun. of all of them. Yeah, uh, that's I I got stuck on the. Um, uh, Statue of Liberty, and I haven't quite finished it since then. And every time I go to pick it back up, I'm like, "Oh, I have to keep playing this." Um, but that's that's kind of where I've left off, and I keep going back and jumping in there every so often. But uh, eventually, I'll finish it when I have some time off. Uh, so that being said, next week we are sticking with another Marvel book, um, and uh, this one is the first book in the new, unfortunately limited. I didn't realize it was a limited when I started reading it, but because I wish it would go on longer. But it's a twelve-run series. We're gonna read the first six issues of uh, the Vision, which um, I think I recommended it. So I will give you a little. Uh, preview of it. Uh, basically, the Vision is trying to have a normal life. He wants to know what human experience is like, so he has a wife and two children created, and he's living in the suburbs outside of Washington, D.C., because he's currently on an Avengers assignment working for uh, the White House. And um, the uh, the family is not normal, and therefore issues arise, and uh, has some interesting statements regarding um, uh, like racism and, uh, and, uh, and things that way, and there's a through a series of events, a dark family secret uh, is created, and uh, uh, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, and the writer is Tom King, who, after reading this and uh, reading another book we're reading this month uh, called uh, The Omega Men, I, he has be- jumped to the top of my list as one of my favorite writers currently writing stuff right now. I, I just really love what he's been doing. Um, but so that's what we are going to be reading next week. Um, I'd also like to thank Andy for jumping in and joining us today, uh, and glad to hear you, and please come back whenever you would like. I, I definitely will. I will be back as soon as I can. Not this next episode, but hopefully soon. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, Todd and Adam back on the next episode. Um, we'll see what those two knuckleheads are up to. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. 
and on Twitter as at FireWaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFireWater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.